side. Hello. You came out of left field for this a little midweek. A little bit, yeah. Is the, the, this particular one that we're talking about for the midweek is one that I've been wanting to talk about for ages. And it has just been re-released as an album. And there is a cinematic release of this coming out again I, later this month, in fact, this month being September 2023, if you listen to this years down. Well, we can go to the cinema to see this. I did check yesterday to see if there was a scheduled Viewing. screening of it over here. Nothing on the website yet. But so there, I think it's something like the 13th, there is a screening of Stop Making Sense with a Q&A hosted by Spike Lee and the original, like the, the lineup of Talking Heads, the first time they've been together in a room since 2003 when they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And then after that, in the 22nd, something like that, there'll be a few screenings at A24, the studio picked up the the distribution rights to stop making sense. So there will be a limited run. They did a trailer of David Byrne going to the laundrette to pick up the dry cleaning, and it was the massive suit from Stop Making right, Sense. So yeah. that was how they announced it. it One really that cool. needed a special hanger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there will be, and I'm really hoping that they do show it, which is probably telling you that I already, you know, that I did enjoy this. So we are talking about Stop Making Sense, and it is, you know, essentially at its core a a film, a recording of a concert. It's a recording of a concert, and. Correct me if I'm wrong. Have we done anything like this on the pod before? No, we've no. done musicals. So where it's more of a film with a narrative structure in the traditional sense that features music to to advance the storytelling. This is explicitly songs, just a, just just concert. It's filming of the concert, but yeah. it done in such a way that you were kind of immersed into the the concert well we'll see if we see if all three of us were immersed in it so it's going to be sort of i don't know different because it's different to what we normally talk about in in that the, there's no plot necessary to talk to but they do it david byrne it, it, so it's conceived it says in the credits conceived by david conceived for the stage by david byrne so there is a, a thought process to it and what we're presented with at the start is just a, a I think it might just even be the floor of the of the theatre, and the credits come up. And uh, I actually even really like the typography of the, <laughs> the way that's presented. It's really good. Well, I I rented this. I I'm not sure that which version I actually watched. If they've done all these remastered and and all the rest of the ones. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a few. <laughs> so I've watched the one. It's on the Prime subscription service film box. So. Blu-ray, cinematic, all the film releases of it, they're all 88 minutes and they all have the same track listing and running time and all that. It's the CD, LP, various different releases that are different. The, this, this is 88 minutes. It doesn't feature the whole, all of the tracks that were recorded. So there's two cities and another, maybe Izimbra or a different one that are bonus tracks they're on the blu-ray but they, they're not part of the official release so what you right. watched on prime would be the original proper release excellent chris did you get to see this as well i did yeah i did watch it but i don't want to be too proud of saying it that i watched it uh, on a stream right yeah i yeah. don't know if i'm allowed to say this but done it. i wow. have done it well i'm romanian so <laughs> we, we, i don't know we don't really you've got it right you yeah. watched it i have same. watched it yeah i have watched it uh, and, and you've been a fan of the the band talking heads i 
could honestly <laughs> tell you that I I know a few songs. Yeah, I had no idea as them. Right. Yes, yeah. Sure. So, so I think that's that's with a lot of people with talking heads. To be honest, that they go, they've heard their songs. They might not necessarily know. They'll have heard that's like talking once heads. in a lifetime. They'll have heard like Road to Nowhere. Yeah. Uh, maybe burning down the house. Yes. A couple uh, of others. Like but that. that's the thing. And also, I have to say, it was one of them that my girlfriend didn't really watch it with me. But she kept singing along, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. because for me, I've heard of the Talking Heads as a band, and I've heard most of their famous songs, mm. but I didn't know exactly who's. I didn't know it's them singing the songs, yeah, and I yeah. didn't know putting faces. Yes, exactly. To this, and and the sounds. I didn't know I, if you would have told me David Byrne, I would be like, "What is he a hockey player? I don't know." <laughs> well, I, I he, had no idea, so he, I, I didn't know. As as a front man, he's you know he's just a tall, thin. Uh, white, white man. guy with a high hairline and um he looks a, pretty nerdy he's not uh, yeah like pretty nerdy yeah you know, this isn't Kurt Cobain you know it's not yeah. Axel Rose it's uh, like a quietly softly spoken guy they met the band they met at Rhode Island School of Design so they're like art you know arty farty types and that yeah. I think that comes across in the way that they there's more to it just than four people playing music you know and like we were saying earlier this starts off it's it's very um, blank canvas theater stage and what we get is after the credits a very very close up of david burns feet we don't know it's him but it is he's wearing a suit he's wearing plimsolls and he walks out and he's got a little stereo and he plonks it down and he says hi i want to play a song and he presses play that's obviously a, a gimmick. It's a backing track that's playing of just a very simple beat. And he plays guitar and he plays Psycho Killer. And basically we work our way through the set list. And as he's playing Psycho Killer, some stagehands wheel on a little bit of equipment one by one. And then for the second song, he's joined by Tina Weymouth, looking like impossibly fucking cool. And they play Heaven. And as they're doing that, the next piece of stage. And so every song they're kind of embellishing another person and yeah. another piece of yeah. equipment is introduced yeah so chris france comes on for thank you for sending me an angel and then jerry harrison comes on for found a job uh, and that's like the core that's the band they're joined by a bunch of other people to make it you know a more fuller, With complete song, sound yeah they're, they're coming through and and so the setup of this is it's amazing really you know it's just one man Mm. a guitar on a stage and he does psycho killer which is i mean it, it's one of those you're listening to this and you're thinking you like talking heads but never have seen them in concert or then this is perfect this is you might have seen concert. once in a lifetime the video where he's kind of dressed up a little bit like a bank manager he's just in a black suit with big thick rim glasses and he looks very nerdy and he's doing all this kind of crazy dancing he kind of does that in Psycho Killer here, he there's some guys coming on bringing some stuff in. He's an absolutely magical moving man. He's, he, he kind of goes around really crazy. At times it looks like he's almost going to fall over, but he was basically doing a Fred Astaire from the movie Royal Wedding. Right, okay. Um, uh, the songs, I Left My Hat in Haiti. And so he's doing this kind of crazy thing. I, I kind of, It's kind of the movement I associate with him. And we see it when we're good, what we're going to talk about for our main thing in the, in the main episode. He, he references it right at the start. It actually made me really low. But he does that, and it's just him at this point. And then, like we say, the rest of the bands come on, and each song get, it gets a little bit more dynamic as they got more players. And then at the end, I think we've got 
two or three guys doing percussion, two guitarists. Jerry Harrison's like flitting between. He's a multi-instrumentalist. He's doing keyboards and synth and guitar. And Tina Weymouth's kind of flitting between a synth. I couldn't exactly work out what she was doing. She had a little machine and he never quite saw, because she's obviously the the only bass player. Right. And she was doing some other stuff. I wanted to find out what she was playing. It was it almost looked like a little mini Moog or something. I couldn't quite tell. And then there's two backing singers as well. And so when they really get into gear... Um, I mean, all the songs up until this point are great, but the Slippery People is a fucking banger, burning down the house. So this actual show was around the time that they were promoting the album Speaking in Tongues. Okay. That, that has burning down the house on it. Then they get into probably a lot of people's favourite track on this. Uh, it's called Life During Wartime. It's yeah, what they played at, at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. But when they do it here... It's one of the fucking coolest things of all time. Yeah. I don't know. We'll get Chris's. It is, it is my okay. favourite. They do a kind of running on the spot thing whilst the they're also playing the their themes. instruments. And it's so fucking rad. I mean, the, one of the, my favourite things of all time. The, what I really enjoyed about this was the transitions between songs and how smooth it was and mm. how it flowed from one song to another. And watching David Byrne going from the song previous to to burn down the house i think he stops and says does anyone have any questions and he, <laughs> yeah. he takes this little walk and he you can just see him kind of yeah. you know cooling down a little bit taking a, a deep breath because he knows what's coming up next and it's the most energetic song yeah. that they've got and as side says they they start running on the on the yeah spot. I, I did enjoy and that to be fair. that whole dance where he's he's moving his arms he's waving them yeah his legs and, are, and the way it's done as in as, as a technical exercise it was filmed over four nights four different nights of the same concert obviously different audience i think in each night and they would piece things together but they would focus on say one night would be all of the wide shots so they, would, they didn't want to interfere too much with the stage if they could help it because it would get in the way of the performance because yeah. they wanted it to be an authentic band playing to an audience i think they wanted to do some soundstage stuff after the band like no we can't replicate without the real energy of a crowd so that was shot down so they in this particular performance of life during wartime we get the i think the best shots of the entire thing is the wide shot of the whole band playing on stage doing that because they kind of lean forward and run and it, it sounds kind of crazy but it's so fucking cool all together they're all yeah. synchronized yeah. you've got um everybody just loving the music in in the flow of it and um it's not only that it's, i found it really cool in a way that they didn't they didn't show the crowd you, you no. only towards the end you you have a few a few shots of the crowd it, it was basic and and i again i know it's for me even now it's still a concert i i yeah it is i find it was... still difficult to associate a movie with a concert because i don't know angles and i don't know cameras and i don't know all these technical details but at the same time when you know compared to any concert that i've ever seen normally they'll show pictures of the crowd mm. there'll be someone maybe some of the tits out i don't know all the all these kind of things whereas this one was strictly on them and strictly even when they they film from behind there's no camera there's no interference there's no guy with it i don't know it's it's quite on almost there is just them yeah, it's very minimal. Yeah, it is. yeah, it's that's the word I was looking they, for. Yeah, I think they get to oh, they they do making flippy floppy. What a great song title, Swamp, and that was the day that was. And then they obviously take a pause. David Byrne comes out in a slightly different outfit, but not the really iconic one yet. 
they come back and do this must be the place naive melody with the lamp there he's, he's juggling the lamp it's around such yeah. a cle- he's such a showman i mean maybe jarvis cocker-esque for people that haven't seen him but no jarvis cocker he's got that tall lanky sort of awkwardness about him and nerdiness yeah. as you say but his style is all his own mm. as is jarvis cocker but there yeah he's just fantastic the way he mm. he, he performs and as say those transitions the songs are like well if you like talking heads which i do this is like a set list from the gods i mean it's absolutely fucking like stone cold killer after you know one after the other so they do naive melody then they do once in a lifetime then there's the pause no then yes then there's the pause and so there is even at this point because there, this is the album speaking in tongues. So they've still got like a bunch of other albums, but there's tension at this point. Tina Weymouth and Chris France, the drummer, are in a relationship. I don't know if they're married at this point, but they're doing. They have a side project, which is the next song, which is Genius of Love. And my missus is like, "Is this the fucking oh, what's her name that does the All I Want for Christmas?" Mariah, Mariah Carey. It's like no Mariah yeah. Carey. Fuck it, they sampled yeah, this. Yeah. Fuck's sake. So he hated that he hated that fucking side project david burns there right. was tension already like so they were you know like any great band it's yeah. never it's not gonna last forever but you need that i think you need that push and pull that tension yeah well to they've make been it, together yeah. a, a long time and so they do genius of love while he's uh, he's not on the stage at this point and when he comes back this is where he's wearing the fucking iconic suit so the big suit no yeah so yeah. he'd been traveling david burn he'd been traveling around japan and he'd been inspired and it's called ko koh this kind of japanese theater where they all wear these big oh, like, right, elaborate now. costumes okay. yeah. to like emphasize stuff and he wanted to do it to make his head look small and he'd been doing a, some kind of dancing on stage where he'd be like flexing his head back but he's got a kind of really long neck anyway yeah so it already looks kind of like funky and weird but with this suit i mean it's just like a giant gray rectangle yeah and then he's like dancing and doing yeah. all these weird yeah, dance moves. cartoon suit it's yeah. amazing and he takes well, at one point he takes obviously fucking red hot he takes the jacket off and you can see the trousers <laughs> fucking insane <laughs> they're so fucking square, yeah they're yeah. like sort of wallace and gromit trousers yeah. there so he does the the first track there is girlfriend girlfriend is better that's the song that has stop making sense the the lyric that they took for the title and there's two more tracks to go take me to the river and cross-eyed and painless but there were i think at least another two tracks that didn't make it into the cinematic cut but do appear on on that blu-ray well no because there's multiple different cd releases and vinyl releases and the original was just a cd that accompanied the jeez film. they milked this one didn't they but they, they have really a bit they have a bit but the original one only had nine tracks on it eight or nine tracks and that was just a little probably just a little accompaniment and then they re-released it with everything and the two bonus tracks well in my hands here i've got this beautiful vinyl double album that is stop making sense bit of a bugbear with that because that's the that's the latest new remastered bloody bloody bar but the cover is really boring and i was gonna taken, say you could have done so much with the cover but the original cover was david byrne in the in the suit in right? the big which suit. is what you would kind of expect I was but hoping here, for that, yeah they've just made it like a plain white it's not a double album at all is it it, it looks, looks more like the, it looks double. more like the scarface the movie kind of 
you know what I mean with yeah, white yeah, and black yeah. and but white it, and it's it's for the music inside will be yes. yeah it's yeah. got it's got a pretty cool booklet in there that's actually quite interesting yeah. um and and all that stuff but right so I follow a YouTube channel it's called Darko Audio and he did a thing this week I will I will share the 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 link to if you really want to nerd out about music formats so a lot of people will will bicker about oh well this you know if you don't listen to it on vinyl you know that vinyl's the best or right. someone say like tapes the best or CDs the best blah, blah blah there was a release on CD right and there's a piece of software basically what happened in the 80s when people were really concerned about high fidelity there would be proper mastering and people really give a shit about making it sound right then when like everything started getting played on the radio there there came along it's called the loudness war and it just had to sound good on the radio it basically had to sound as loud as possible and so people really didn't give a shit they just made it they just mastered it to sound loud and so the better recordings the ones from the olden days are the it's called dynamic range compression and <laughs> there's a piece of software you can buy that you can then upload all the files and it will analyze it and it will tell you this is the nerdiest bad dad ever now it will tell you the dynamic range compression of the files that you've uploaded and so there's a sorry the dynamic range compression yes right okay and and one of the cd so basically what we have here is the the new double album new master new remastered version right chris but the the album from the 80s that only has the eight or nine tracks, I think it's that one, that has a dynamic range compression of 14, okay? And that means there's a lot of range between the music, so you can pick up the different instruments, you can hear the nuances and all that, so that's good. When the, when it's compressed down to nothing, that's when it's just loud, you know, it's just like a right. blur, so okay. you can't really hear the, you can't hear the players, you, you know, there's no point people being great musicians, you can't fucking hear it anymore. And so the, the, the 2000 and there was an album that came out that had all of the tracks okay but it's compressed to fuck and so it doesn't sound very good and so this one the new out the new double lp its dynamic range compression is somewhere in the middle it's still middling so it sounds okay but it's not as good as it could be and so basically when you take the whole gamut of all the different versions different releases of this album even if you, because the guy on the YouTube chat, he's extracted the the files from the Blu-ray of the movie, which has right. everything. And that's pretty good. It's like 12. So what I'm trying to say is there's still an opportunity to have a version of this on a format, any format that's properly mastered with a decent dynamic range that highlights all of the actual nuances of the recording with all the tracks. That doesn't exist yet. The best version of the of the mastering only has nine tracks okay so there's 10 missed off there wow I, you would have thought they'd have got with all the versions they put out you could be cynical and say well they'll just do that next time and make and and get a lot people of deserve to listen to it yeah. while you know the fans are the, the exactly. original fans are still around exactly uh so that could kind of tells you how into this i am <laughs> I really well i'm it. i'm into this as well <laughs> yeah. to be honest not on that level i yeah. didn't know anything about those kind <laughs> of compression rates and everything but the music I, I I was late coming into Talking Heads, to be honest, mm. because like you, Chris, I'd heard of a couple of tunes. I didn't know it was them. You know, so mm. their songs are so wildly different. Sometimes they sound like a, a different band from song to song. But there was the, the video from this, Life During Wartime. Mm. That right. absolutely just there's that's on YouTube. If you want to just get a snippet, if you haven't seen this, you want to get a snippet for what this is like. 
I recommend life during wartime talking heads it's one for all time I mean this is like you're watching a band at the absolute peak of its powers play it loud they look like they're having a fucking great time there's one bit where David Byrne's singing and there's one of the stagehands is on moving something around and he just shoves the microphone in his face and the guy fucking sings along everyone's having a party that you don't get that many shots of the crowd because it's not really about the crowd per se but you do occasionally and they're all up dancing and everyone's having a great time the music is like all time this is fucking 10 out of 10 yeah, I would heartily recommend it. And if you have the chance to buy it, do that. I didn't say that. It's, it's directed by Jonathan Demme, Demi, who uh, also directed Science of the Lambs. So it is to opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, for sure. That's another one that, because I have to be honest, I didn't go that much into detail as you, and I'm not a fan. I I, mm. I did enjoy it, and, and I did enjoy the whole the whole thing. I didn't know, again, angles. I didn't know much about mm. cinematography and all that, but I did see that is directed by the guy, and I was thinking, that's a bit of a strange one to, to, to <laughs> yeah. film a concert, really, and then an excellent movie, but I enjoyed that. I probably enjoyed it more than, than I thought I would, especially at the beginning. I thought, oh, this is going to be a long night <laughs> with just a concert, because, well, again, I didn't know... It's what the music but it's quite easy to segment it if you want to just you could watch like three or four songs go do something you, you, know, you could just easily pause it and come back to it because it's not narrative it's not, driven it, yeah I'm not, I'm not missing out oh what happened yeah. did they did they jump from the bridge no it's, <laughs> they're still on stage and they're still singing so yeah. Yeah. boil an egg and it, go back it's one of those you can just have on in the background but I watched the, the concert because I, I wanted to see and when you when you listen with the with the 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 visuals and and with the visuals then even when i'm listening to it now it's still in my mind those pictures i really hope we get a a cinematic release over here i will be there yeah i'll join you